Malone Lee, this is Iconic 88, and you're with Jay Berkowitz on the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing. Ko tu maalia si anna, ko toko uwa. Maalia, baloa peto, Jay. Have fun, guys. There's a lot to learn here, and uh, how inspiring is Jay? I tell you. Follow him. Thank you. We have another action-packed podcast. Perhaps the world's first quantcast? Meet social media superstars Iconic 88, and from Dell Computers, Richard Binhammer. We have some great Aussie music at the end, so let's get to it. Welcome to the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing Podcast, featuring the latest strategies and techniques to drive traffic to your website and convert that traffic into sales. Now here's the CEO of 10goldenrules.com, Jay Berkowitz. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever time this podcast finds you, welcome to episode number 40 of the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing Podcast. Well, this would have been the world's first Quantcast, recorded live on a Qantas uh, jet somewhere over the Pacific Ocean. And I did all the prep work for about three hours. I was flying back from Australia. And I was ready to go, and I just realized, okay, it's the middle of the night, people are sleeping. What I'll do is turn my computer off and record this first thing in the morning. And when I woke up in the morning, I I had my computer plugged in, but for some reason, the system didn't take the charge, and I was out of batteries and flying over um, about two hours away from L.A., and I really was ready to go. So anyways, this podcast was produced and edited and read, you know, all, all the production work, you guys can imagine. It takes a lot of time to get all the interviews queued up and everything ready to go in Cast Blaster, which is the software I use for this. And everything was ready to roll. And uh, there I was with no batteries. So here we are uh, a few days after I'm back from Australia. I've caught up on a little bit of sleep. And um, I want to tell you all about the trip over there and some of the folks we met. And um, I also recorded my presentation. So let me tell you, first of all, how it all happened. I was sitting at my desk and it was April 1st and I got an email from someone I'd never heard of before named Chris Barron. And the email said, how would you like to come to Australia and speak at our conference on May the 13th? And so my reply was, first of all, Chris, um, I'd love to come to Australia, but is this an April Fool's joke? (laughs) Because it was April 1st. And did you mean May 1309 or May 1310? I mean, it was only five and a half weeks away. And um, Chris replied that he was very serious. And um, the folks at Viva 9 couldn't have been better hosts. Um, I also met Matt Bakeman, who is the managing director of Viva 9, which is the biggest affiliate network over in Australia, or I guess down under in Australia. And they did an awesome job and had a really, really tremendous conference over there. And they asked me to come and do the keynote presentation. I called it 10 Super Success Strategies for Internet Marketers. And I recorded the entire presentation. So we'll get that out as a video podcast in the next few weeks. Hey, speaking of video podcasts, what do you guys think of the video podcasts? We have been releasing uh, these, these video formats as podcasts. And either you've been seeing them in your feed, if you have a video feed, 
or you uh, just sort of skipped like from number 36 to number 38 and of course to number 40 because number 37 was a live presentation I did in Charleston, South Carolina and we included the PowerPoint slides as the video portion and number 39 was the Thought Leaders Forum webcast that we did and we had some real superstars on that one including Mari Smith and Jim Kukrell um, Richard Bintro, a semantic web expert. So you guys definitely got to check those out if you haven't seen them. Um, they're podcast number 37 and 39. You can get to them from our site, 10 Golden Rules, or on iTunes or your favorite podcast catcher, hopefully. And let me know what you guys think. Do you want to see more of these? Anyways, back to Australia. I had an amazing time. I met Lee Hopkins, who is an amazing guy and a real social media superstar. Of course, we recorded a really fun conversation, and Lee is going to put that out on his podcast, and we'll put it on this podcast coming up. And I met the number two most retweeted Twitterer in the world, a gentleman by the name of Iconic88. And as I guess I'm the first person to know he's even a man, because Iconic88, to this point, is kind of like an internet superhero. He's behind the mask. He has never released his identity, and uh, only that he's in Sydney, and I was the first person that he revealed his identity to. So I have an interview with Iconic88, and I've promised not to release it for about one month. But stay tuned, and we will reveal the superhero behind the mask. But you've got to check this guy out. If you're on Twitter, he's Iconic88, I-C-O-N-I-C-88, the number's 88. And uh, he is one of the most inspiring individuals on Twitter, and I just had to meet him, and I just had to get some audio down. So uh, stay tuned for that one as well. Uh, also upcoming, a great conversation from Search Engine Strategies in New York with Sean Collins, author, affiliate marketer, and the, co -auth uh, the co-founder of Affiliate Summit. And um, I have some other really exciting news, and this one deserves a drum roll. So here we go. Congratulations, you won a Sophie Award. We were all nominated for the 10 Golden Rules podcast community. And what we did is we submitted this nomination. We said that the 10 Golden Rules podcast is really a community. And it's created by everybody who calls in and everybody who participates in the live event recordings, all the guests we've had, the team at 10 Golden Rules who does their great little bits, all the music from the Podsafe Music Network. And we said that this is really a community um, activity more than a one-man show. And you guys know that's the case. And it's a really exciting award. It's called the Sophie Award. Um, there's a link to it on our blog and our website and whatnot. But just to tell you, congratulations, we have all shared in an award, a Sophie Award, as the best use of new and emerging medium best use of a new and emerging medium for the 10 Golden Rules podcast community. So thank everyone so much who've participated, the team at 10 Golden Rules, Tommy Wingo, who's done editing, um, everybody who's called in, everybody who's participated. It's a really, really, really exciting night for the team at 10 Golden Rules, uh, needless to say. I always like to share my upcoming travel schedule. So uh, here it is. I'll be in Washington, D.C., May 31 to June 2nd. I'll be speaking at the Specialized Information Publishers Association, SIPA. And um, if you guys are members of SIPA or in the D.C. area, let's get in touch. Because June 1, we have a networking event. And I'm going to have a little bit more information coming up on that shortly in this show. Uh, June 4th, I'll be in Atlanta for the e-commerce summit. San Diego, California, July 23rd for the American Marketing Association Marketing Boot Camp. 
and Los Angeles, California, July 24th for the Legal Marketing Association event. As always, all the links are on our website at 10goldenrules.com, right on the homepage on the right-hand side. So if you want to find out more about any of these events, please check it out at 10 Golden Rules and get in touch if you're in the area or if you'll be attending any of these events because we always have a networking dinner the night before I speak. We run the audio and you guys are familiar if you've listened to the show for a little while. Um, last but not least, please call our 24-hour digital answering machine. The number there is 206-888-6606. And it runs 24-7, so it's just a digital number. You call it and it plays into a recording machine. Don't worry, you're not waking anyone up. You can call anytime. If you don't like your first recording, you can call again. And ask us questions. Give us suggestions. Um, tell us about technologies you're using because, as I said before, this podcast is all about the community and we're so excited to have you participate. Well, let me get right into some of these calls and you can see what they're like if you haven't called in before. First up, the social media swami. That's actually his title. He's my good friend, Shashi Belamkonda from Network Solutions. Hi, Jay. How are you doing? Just finished listening to episode 38, Internet Superstars. Excellent interview with Chris Brogan. I was also amazed at the number of people who leave some interesting tips on this line that you have 24-7. This is also an excellent idea. I'm not aware of any other podcast that is doing this. So I think there's a lot of value from this podcast. I just wanted to make sure your listeners know about growsmartbusiness.com. This is a website where you can actually look at the results of a small business success index that was a joint study by the University of Maryland and Network Solutions. Some of the findings were that the biggest challenges that small businesses have today are probably finance and marketing and innovation. The good news is that small businesses can take good care of their employees and their customers no matter what the economy is like. I would be interested in your feedback on what you think small businesses should be doing in terms of marketing. So now is definitely not the time to retreat because when the economy comes around, they should be ready for taking in more business when it comes down the pike. Thank you very much, and I would advise everybody to go to the 10goldenrules.com podcast. Thanks. Hey, Shash, you slipped a question in there. What do I think small business should be doing in this times? And uh, I've been sharing my views all around the country. Uh, my presentation called 10 Golden Rules uh, for free, uh, sorry, 10 free or low-cost tools to market in a recession. And I recorded the presentation as podcast number 37, as I mentioned earlier. It's a video podcast, and you can find it at 10 Golden Rules or at iTunes. Um, some of the things we talk about in that video podcast are how to get free traffic from search engine optimization, how to learn from your competition. We, we have some great free tools where you can find out what your competition is scoring in the search engines, um, how, how much they're spending on pay-per-click, and what uh, terms they're bidding on and what uh, landing pages they're using, very good competitive analysis tools. We talked about how to create a virtual sales force to promote your product and services online, tips for using social media for business, and how to build your personal brand, among other tactics. So check that out, episode 37. I'd love to know what you think. Call the comment line, 206-888-6606. Next up, Rosh Sillers. Hi, Jay. It's Rosh, new media photographer. I was uh, writing on my blog and also listening to your podcast at the same time, and I thought I would tweet that fact. And soon after, I received a nice tweet back saying, why don't you give us a call on your comment line? So I thought I would do exactly that. 
I um, actually was thinking of doing that anyway because of the fact that I really was thinking to myself that you really have done a great job improving the different features on the show and really have been offering some great relevant content. I was listening to your interview with Chris Brogan, who's a great guy. I actually had the opportunity to meet him a couple of weeks ago. I had a, a great conversation with him and really enjoyed that opportunity. So I appreciate all the great people you have coming online and, and that you're interviewing as you go around the country. It's a, it's a great show, and keep up the good work. Thanks a lot. Bye. Hey, thanks, Rosh. Uh, very nice to hear from you, and I uh, love to see everything you're doing on your blog and your podcast. Next up, Everett Reese from the Staffing Cooperative. Hey, Jay. This is Everett Reese with the Staffing Cooperative, www.staffingcooperative.com. I left a comment on your blog about Episode 37, the video podcast. We're trying to become basically one of the lead conversationalists in the social media sphere in our industry, so the staffing industry. And I was saying how my weekly routine right now is I'll, I'll get a blog post out there. I'll submit the blog to the news tabs of all my LinkedIn groups. I'll Twitter the blog post, and I'll submit the blog to eZine articles, which I got off your video, po um, your video podcast. And my daily routine is one quality Twitter post a day, comment or start a LinkedIn discussion, comment on other blog and drop our URL, which I also got off the video podcast, and um, read an industry article and just look up the related people on LinkedIn or Twitter. So then I asked just what um, any next steps were that I could take uh, now that I kind of got that routine down. And then you uh, commented and dropped me the three E's, educate, engage, entertain. Especially entertain, that's a good reminder because I know that I can get pretty serious often with the content, focusing almost too much on the content, forgetting to uh, just keep it light at times and uh, engage people that way. Anyway, I really appreciate it. Keep up the good work, and I look forward to future podcasts. Take care. Hey Everett, you make a great point, and this is something that I try and remind myself of all the time. You've, you you really want to succeed in social media and really internet marketing. You've got to have a schedule. You should do an e-newsletter every couple weeks, and you should optimize that e-newsletter for the search engines and put those articles on your website. You should do a web press release every couple weeks. And if you guys haven't seen how we do that, check out 10 Golden Rules and click on the news icon. And we get out a press release every couple of weeks and, and optimize that for the search engines. Um, you know, we try and blog approximately once a day. Everyone in the company blogs once a week. Um, I, tr I try and Twitter a couple times a day and retweet someone a couple times a day so that my Twitter stream is active. And, um, you know, you mentioned uh, something I shared with you that I call the three E's of social media. And this is probably the best advice that I've been sharing, um, I think, uh, in regards to how to succeed in social media. So number one is educate. You know, teach me something I don't know. Become an expert resource. Do this proactively on Twitter and your blog and reactively by answering questions and helping people on the social networks. I find LinkedIn is a great place where the question and answer portion, it's called answers, is the link on your LinkedIn. And when you answer other people's questions and ask questions and start engaging with that community, it's a great way to find people who have similar interests. So the first tip, educate, um, teach folks something, share links of value. Number two is engage. And you really need to think of these social mediums as being social. Develop that two-way conversation with your friends and followers. Um, answer blog questions, ask engaging questions. I mean, you see some of the top people on Twitter and Facebook, they're always asking questions. And I, I guarantee nine times out of 10, they know the answer, but they're just engaging people. And, you know, I find uh, I'm working on a new presentation and I've been asking a lot of questions on Twitter over the last few days. And it really, really helps to round out my thinking, 
to get additional examples. Like there's nothing better than telling stories in presentations. So I ask questions on Twitter and I get these really, really incredible answers. So engaging people, talking, engaging in that two-way conversation. And the final E of the three E's of social media is entertain. Make me laugh once in a while, particularly in Facebook and Twitter that are, are, are more social and um, also on your blog and LinkedIn. You know, it helps to add a smile. And some of the things I do is, um, you know, we all do it. We, we link to funny YouTube videos. Um, I've been um, linking to pictures like there was one of my dog caught out in the rain and um, a couple pictures on TwitPic recently f of me with a kangaroo and me with a koala bear from Australia. And they're, they're goofy. Um, so, you know, give people a laugh once in a while. Entertain, engage and educate the three E's of social media. Well, next up, we have a word on behalf of our sponsor. And as regular listeners know, we don't uh, sponsor our sponsors. We let you guys talk about a product I love and a product you love called GoToMeeting. Hi, Jay. It's Michelle Belisari, the first-time homebuyer expert in Boca Raton, Florida. And I use GoToMeeting to do webinars for explaining the new tax credit for first-time homebuyers. And I call them my Why Rent Event webinars and it explains why it's a great time to buy with interest rates being low and whatnot. And it just is so easy because my target market is teachers and police officers, firefighters, nurses. And you know what? At the end of the day, they don't want to go to a live seminar. So it's worked out wonderfully. So I do love GoToMeeting. Thanks. Hey, thanks, Michelle. Thanks so much for participating. And I, too, um, am a big fan of GoToMeeting, as you guys know. Uh, we recently used the GoToWebinar function. And the difference between GoToMeeting and GoToWebinar, GoToMeeting can do up to 15 people. And we do these little meetings all week, you know, all day, all week at 10 Golden Rules where we're meeting with our clients from all around um, North America. And GoToWebinar allowed us to do a live webinar. We had over 300 people dialed in watching my slides. And we had seven different presenters, all in different places, all in different um, offices. And they all called in and presented, and it was really, really amazing. And GoToWebinar actually recorded the whole thing. You can see how it looks. It's podcast number 39. And even better, if you want to try it all for free, go to GoToMeeting.com and sign up for their free trial. Now, typically they have a 30-day free trial, but they've given 10 Golden Rules listeners a 45-day free trial. When you use the code GOLDEN, G-O-L-D-E-N, at GoToMeeting.com. And I'd love to hear your stories. If you've used GoToMeeting or GoToWebinar, please give us a call, 206-888-6606. Well, I mentioned the networking event June 1st in Washington. And we did something a little bit different. They, the the um, organizers of the event asked me to record a little audio promo. And so I asked Myra Ruiz McPherson to call the questions she had into our comment line, and I answered the questions by podcast. So I'd love to know what you guys think of this format. It's kind of an interesting little couple minutes. Here's um, my Q&A and a little bit more information about the June 1 event in Washington, D.C. Hi, Jay. This is Myra Ruiz McPherson with the Sox Stardom Group, and we're so excited to have you come up to the Rockville area on June 1st to talk to our group. 
Um, this is our third installment of Suck Stardom, and so we're really looking forward to anything that you can share with our group about social media marketing and search engine marketing as well. Thanks, Myra. I'm thrilled to be coming to D.C. We've got some reservations for a White House tour. I'm speaking at another event, so it's going to be a great few days. On that note, I came up with three preliminary questions that I thought would generate some interest, and here they are. Anything you can tell us about any trends that you see with regards to Internet marketing now and potentially coming up in the near future that we should be aware of? That would be great if you could share with us. Well, in terms of new trends, actually my new presentation is called Web 2010. 10 Trends Defining Your Future. Some of the trends I'm talking about are micro-communications. We're not communicating in long books anymore. Everything's down to a text message, an RSS feed, or even Twitter. One of the other trends we're talking about is semantic web. Basically, the web can now use artificial intelligence to determine how to communicate with us. Another trend I'm talking about is web liberties. Celebrities on the web, including Ashton Kutcher, who of course was the first person to get a million followers, I, Justine, who's a breakout web star, and you and me, because we're not just famous for 15 minutes anymore. We're famous to 15 people. There's 15 people who listen to my podcast, and there's 15 people who read every blog every day. Hopefully a few more than that, but uh, that's one of the trends I see is web liberties. In your experience, how much more receptive are clients now to social media marketing these days? I, I know that in the past, you know, and even now still there are some clients that are resistant and it's kind of a hard sell. So I would love to know if you're noticing that things are relaxing up a little bit and they're more receptive. Also, what social utilities are people using or being receptive to beyond Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook? Anything along those lines would be great to learn more about. Well, I think people are definitely getting more receptive to social media, especially when times are a little bit tough and budgets are a little tight. Social media is inexpensive and it's easy, and there's a lot of things that you can do in social media to put a benchmark in place for your company. One of the best things the companies are doing, we're seeing it with Dell, we're seeing it with Network Solutions up there in D.C., they're monitoring what people are saying about their company, and their customer service department has become virtual. So they're monitoring everything that's said about their companies in blogs, and they're monitoring everything that's being said on Twitter, and they're responding, and they're engaging with their customers. They're creating that two-way dialogue. It's not just a one-way thing where customers can complain by word of mouth. Now they're complaining digitally online. And folks like Shashi Bellum Condit Network Solutions and Richard Binhammer over at Dell are monitoring everything they're saying. You asked also about trends beyond Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And you definitely nailed the big three. I would say that is the big three of social media, especially for business. Obviously, MySpace for the younger set as well. You really can't leave YouTube out of that group. YouTube's an amazing story. This is a company that was just sold to the guys over at Google for $1.65 billion dollars. And that site's now the number three website in the world, according to Alexa. And that's just behind uh, Yahoo and Google. Alexa measures unique traffic to a site and number of page views. So YouTube's definitely a player, and it's a little bit more work to get a YouTube video produced. But wow, are they powerful in terms of viewing. So I like everyone to create a how-to video on YouTube, probably a series of videos. And that's one you definitely don't want to forget. And finally, what one thing can or should organizations be doing right now to help them improve their search engine marketing efforts and why? I think that's a really very relevant and timely question that we'd love to learn more about. Thank you so much, Jay, and look forward to your responses. Take care. Well, the one thing that everyone should be doing in search, and, and I'm going to give you two actually, one thing you should be doing is lots of content. 
and you hear it over and over again, content is king, but so many companies don't have a regular strategy for updating their websites. And Google and the other search engines love words. So you need a regular strategy to add words to your website. And one of the simplest things we recommend is to develop a weekly or monthly e-newsletter. I know it sounds a little bit old-fashioned, but let me tell you how you update that strategy. Number one, you get that newsletter written and you email it out to your customers and any of your prospects that have identified themselves on your website. Number two, each of those articles should be search engine optimized. So you pick two or three keyword phrases and add those phrases two or three times throughout that article and add the article as a new page of content on your website. And a third tip is to actually take that article and submit it to article syndication sites like eZine Articles. And that site's fantastic. It's in the top 500 websites in the world. And that content is going to get picked up by other sites. And they must retain a link to your site when they post your article. Content's a great way to succeed in the search engines. And then one of the leading edge things we're doing is what we call web-optimized press releases. The exact same strategy I just talked about of optimizing an article, take that same strategy, pick two or three phrases that someone would search for to look for your company, and write those two or three phrases into a press release, add the press release to your website first, and then send that press release out on an inexpensive wire like prweb.com. It only costs $80 and it'll get picked up in the search engines. Anyways, thanks for this opportunity. I look forward to meeting everyone up in the D.C. area. Well, thanks, Myra. That was neat. And um, I'd love to know what you guys think. What do you think about the virtual interview format? It's kind of like those ones that where you see the local media guy, your local TV news guy, and he's interviewing, um, I don't know, like Barack Obama. And he's asking the question and then they cut to another room where it's like lit differently. And uh, Barack answers the, the, the same question that 50 different guys asked. Anyways, uh, I'd like to know what you guys think. So, um, and, and of course, if you're in D.C., um, we'll have links to this event and all the other events in the show notes and on our website at 10goldenrules.com. Well, next up is my uh, discussion with Richard Binhammer, and he's a social media superstar. He speaks all over the continent, and I met him while I was in Austin for PubCon, Webmaster World, and Richard is the social media manager over at Dell Computers, and Dell is absolutely one of the industry leaders in how to use social media for customer service. So let's sit down with Richard Binhammer of Dell. So I'm thrilled today to be here with Richard Binhammer, famously known on Twitter as Richard at Dell. Welcome, Richard. Good to be with Jay. I'm in Austin for PubCon, and Richard was kind enough to come over and spend a little time. You guys are probably familiar. I've told a few stories, and those of you who've seen me present, I've talked about Richard as one of the poster boys for customer service as the new marketing. But before we get into that, why don't I ask Richard to tell us a little bit about his background? We're both Canadians, so uh, maybe start there. Yeah, we both left because of the winter, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> um, I was born and raised in Canada, went to university in Canada, was involved actually in politics, federally and provincially, in Canada, then in a lobbying business in Ottawa, and then decided that really I wanted to uh, kind of broaden out the communications aspect of that public affairs menu of activities, so to speak, and if you're going to do communications, the best place in the world to probably do that was the United States, and given that my family had moved to the United States, chose to immigrate, and sometime in St. Louis, in fact, where Dell was a client, and then in New York, and then I continued to be in touch with Dell, and Lo and behold, here I am. They uh, they won out over all the years. So, That's great. Yeah, it's a great company. You know, I respected the company back in 97 when it was 
very young and premised on the whole direct model, which, of course, why I think social media and what I do today is also so vital to the company and kind of so quickly adopted by the company and supported by the company. And it's always been premised on the direct model. And even when Michael kind of came back a couple of years ago to start this whole business transformation, and even though we've gone into retail and oh, now have a channel relationship with VARS, those are still very focused and built upon kind of our learnings and understandings of having one-to-one direct relationships. So how did the social media department start at Dell? I know it's not called that specifically, right. but... Yeah, it was a kind of a three-pronged, four-pronged process, depending on how you look at it. In um, early 2006, Michael Dell said, you know, if our customers are out there talking to each other and having issues, why aren't we talking with them? So we put together what I refer to as a kind of tech support SWAT team to go out and solve problems on the web. That was quickly followed by Michael saying... Well, now that we're helping people that are bloggers of support problems, why don't we have our own blog? Hence, direct to Dell. (laughs) And then by August 2006, the communications team kind of said, well, if we're doing tech support and we're doing a blog, why are we not also reaching out to bloggers and treating them in a new media kind of way or a media kind of way? And so that's really where I come in play is that I was on the public affairs team and doing some of our community affairs and expansions and, you know, activities around the world in public affairs. Somehow I got tagged with the task of joining a colleague, John Adell, and off we went into the wild blue yonder to essentially talk to bloggers that were talking about us, but on non-technical support issues. And, you know, lots of people do, um, to the tune of about 5,000 conversations a day. Wow. So there's a bit of a triage around that 5,000. There is garbage and link baiting and aggregator sites <laughs> and those kinds people of trying things. To sell so, yeah, affiliate so, links and stuff like right. that. Yeah. So, you know, you take that out of the equation, and then you take out things that you can't comment on for legitimate reasons, you get down to a manageable pile on a daily basis. Great. And how do you track it? What tools do you use, uh, we to, use yep. to, to grab those 5,000? Yeah. Anyone can do this, you know, in terms of key learnings. We started with RSS feeds out in Technorati and Google Blog Search and um, Ice Rocket and essentially ended up, none of them are 100% accurate, so that was the best way to go, right? And then we just pulled all those RSS feeds in and processed them manually through a reader and then into an Excel spreadsheet and worked them. Say so that, someone cranks up the Excel spreadsheet and you guys try and work through it yeah, as a team? Yeah, and I go back to that in 2006 only to say, if you're a company and you want to understand what people are saying about you, you don't have to pay big money. You can start there. We've got other matters, and especially as we mature in the field, one of them is that we're a global company, and therefore this was headquarters running the show. Eventually you want it to become part of everybody's business. So there's the whole question of how do you push this out. Yeah, regions and languages. And- right, right, and take responsibility for it. You know, I can't be responsible for every blog yeah. post about us. Secondly, you know, in our business is a volume issue here. And then thirdly, you know, we run such a broad gamut of issues that, again, it it helps to make more people involved in that process. And so today we've settled on and we're thrilled with uh, Radiant 6. Oh, great, Um, great. We have a back-end. More Canadians, right? Yes. From from the east coast of Canada. Yeah, and running on Dell servers. Oh, great. (laughs) Uh, About 40 of them, I think. Wow. Yeah. And let me tell you something about Radiant 6. In fact... Actually, I had Radiant 6 on this podcast. I think oh, do you really? They were they're, launching, and I ran into guys. them at an ad tech or something in New uh-huh. York about two years ago. Uh-huh. They're great. They often beat Google search 
in terms of, and, you know, they, I've, I've yeah. kidded them a couple times about what's their secret sauce, and, of course, they won't tell you. But their logarithm is pretty effective, wow. number one. And, and that's, d- that's d- not to, d- when d- I say beat, I mean by, like, you know, it comes into my email ten minutes after I've already seen it in the Radian 6 feed. Okay. Okay? For Dell. So, so everybody so, knows. Yep. Radian 6 watches everything being set out there yep. against brand terms. The well, same whatever. way you would yes. do a Google search. Yes. And the same way you could set up a feed right. on a Google search. Right. Comes in in a very user-friendly yeah. format. And it's supposed uh, to monitor <coughs> all the webs, all the blogs, all right. the Twitters. And it does, and, YouTube. Yeah. And then it comes in, and, and we've built in the back end of it, obviously, yeah. a whole kind of workflow management and assign and who's responsible for it and everything else. So it's for us, and it's all on the web. It's also, you know, much easier than, as you might imagine, moving from an Excel spreadsheet to your internet browser to making your comments to going, you know, back into the Excel spreadsheet. So That's great. What should a small company do? Should they go back to the Google and RSS feeds? And Why not? Yeah. You know, you can start there. Yeah. How does Radiant 6 do with Twitter? And let's talk about Twitter for a minute. Radiant 6 is phenomenal with Twitter. Yeah. That's, that's one of the areas where they usually, well, they, they always beat Google. What percentage of your life is Twitter versus blogs versus straight web? I spend a lot of time on Twitter, but it's difficult to deal with things in 140 characters. So what it is is you can either get it and take it into an email, into email. or whatever, whatever, because we also have rules around kind of protecting customer privacy. So it moves from Twitter offline, as do many of the blog issues for the same reason. You know, we yeah. can't be asking for customer service numbers that personally identify things, Yes, you know, because then we're not protecting the privacy we need to. So Twitter's um, Twitter's kind of a fast kind of, you can go and solve it or you can't go and solve it. Blogs often tend to be a little bit more substantive and you'll actually get into issues. In that respect, Twitter's very much a kind of customer service focused outreach, whereas some of the blog commentary is much more kind of substantive and might be around our business model or talking about our general approach to technology and some of the bigger issues around the company. Let me tell my story as I tell it in the presentations, and you'll correct me where I'm wrong, (laughs) please, and I'll tell it better the next time. But part of the story is that a blogger named Jeff Jarvis had a problem. He bought a warranty that had in-home service, and he didn't get his computer serviced in-home, and they sent it out, and it took week after week. And he started this blog theme that gained national attention and national news media attention. even thousands of comments. That is what became really significant. And this was before your team was in place, right? Mm -hmm. So Dell, either as a part of that or just because they evolved the business and got smart to online social media customer service, built the team that Richard's a part of and started reactively and proactively creating a brand and creating a position in customer service. Richard's now very well regarded and very well known. His name comes up all the time, and he comes up as an example of really good customer service. There's also, um, and tell me where these are urban myth or where they're true stories. That's all urban myth. <laughs> <laughs> the story of the batteries catching fire, that they were Dell computers caught fire, but it was actually a Sony battery. And by your team being able to comment on these things, correct the facts, you were able um, to at least yeah, that, get now the that's, facts that's into a, the that's a little bit into the social media. <laughs> that's a little bit of a myth. And in fact, this, that's yeah. interesting that you raise that because... Actually, the, let, me, let the, me finish the story. Yeah, maybe okay, correct because correct anyway, so, the, so I, I come that. around to a personal story. Our newest employee started. We ordered, we're a completely Dell 
computer operation at 10 Golden Rules. Thank you for being Dell customer. <laughs> you know, we, we just always have been. So we ordered our new Dell, and it was 10 days when it was supposed to be there, and it wasn't there. And so I had a brand-new, highly-paid employee sitting there working on our oldest, crappiest, slowest computer from that I think was mine like five years ago. And, yeah, you know, she couldn't run reports time. and she couldn't, you know, we run really robust search engine reports and stuff like that. And so I was getting frustrated. My VP of operations, uh, who you guys know on the podcast, Margie, was losing her right. mind. And so instead of possibly lashing out with a blog post or a Twitter post or anything, it just popped in my head. Oh, I'll direct message Richard at Dell. Right. And sure enough, Richard and was able to, to help us resolve the problem and just find out what the biggest problem is we weren't getting a clear answer. There was a part they couldn't get or something like that. You know, it was a right. very legitimate reason why we didn't have the machine. So, But isn't that interesting, right? A legitimate yeah. reason is all of a sudden understood by the customer yeah. as opposed to being a reason for lashing out. That tells but you something it, you right know, there. You know, we knew there was probably a reason. We just couldn't get an answer. Right. The other but thing that, that drives me crazy, po- I, I'm going to throw in my personal Dell pet beef. When you're a small business, they assign a person to you to sort of sell you. They help, also help you. They guide you through which machine you should buy. Right. And then if you call back and you want to make your order, like cause a lot of times right. I'll, I'll, I'll spec out a, a couple machines and then, you know, maybe talk to the employee or talk to someone else and decide which machine we're going to get. And then you call that person back and your person's not available. You can't buy a Dell. But I'm just saying it's funny because I don't want to talk to Jane. I want right. to talk to Dell. Right, right. And I just want the computer and I want to order it now because right. I know this person's starting. And so short story long. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the part that's wrong yeah. on the batteries. So the Jeff Jarvis is fairly accurate. Well, yeah, I mean, he, he got a lot of press. You guys weren't in a position to well, and there was re- monitor and, and, and to, you know, but not in a timely fashion, and you know, yeah. probably not in the right way. And I mean, the other part of that is, um, you know, a lot of people always refer to the whole Jeff Jarvis episode. You know, that's one element. If we also put on our rearview mirror glasses a little bit, let's look at what was going on. We're talking 2005. That's a, the same time as the interactive web as opposed to the static web or web 2 yeah. really started to build up a bit of a head of steam. Before 2005, I was in the communications field in 2005, and I didn't know anything about blogs. So there was also, you know, it's about that same time, and I've, I've never actually done the tracking, but it's about that same time that the interactive web or web 2 or blogs or everything started, started to, to really real kind momentum, of yeah. get some momentum. Listen, there's still only um, 15, 20% of the Fortune 500 companies that are blogging. You know, so. I heard a neat stat today from Brett Tabke's uh presentation at PubCon. 32% of the Fortune 500 have Google Analytics installed. Huh, that's interesting. Because a lot of people say it's not for big companies. But, I mean, a lot of companies are still not blogging or involved in social media. So, all I'm saying is that back to 2006. We're lucky. We had a CEO that has always been very savvy and a company that has had the Internet as a kind of focus of its manufacturing processes. It's Dell.com is one of the biggest uh, sales sites in the world. I mean, we've always been pretty uh, kind of powered by internet the Internet. concentric. Yeah, yeah, you know, I've, I think we came in at a very, relatively speaking, early time, but that whole change was happening at the same time. So, I mean, there was kind of a confluence of factors there. Just to finish the batteries. Tell me about the batteries. The batteries. Yeah, I want to finish The that. battery story is this. And I, I'm passionate about the battery story because really that's about the time that I got my new assignment, which was to go out and start dealing with these things. The battery recall, the biggest recall you know, in the consumer market, I think, in history, 
which, by the way, because of Dell's direct model, we led and everybody else followed. You know, it was not a Dell battery recall. It started as a Dell battery recall, but if you look at the history, practically every other company in the sector ended up doing a recall. We just happened to be first. My point dealing with bloggers was not to tell them they were selling batteries. My point was to make sure that people that were talking about the battery recall had the information that they needed to have to A, determine whether they have a battery that was in the recall and the 1-800 number of the website or whatever to get access to it, which is all I ever did. What's interesting to know is that several bloggers who were kind of sarcastic in their commentary about our recall, saying kind of, oh, you know, Dell's finally recalling all these batteries that have been talked about on the web for ages, when I went and made my comment to, you know, what was relatively sarcastic comments, and I left a comment saying, by the way, here's the information so that you can check your battery. They reblogged that they were Sony batteries. I didn't. That's the point of that story. That's awesome, yeah. So you just gave them the facts, and then they presented the facts, and, and it they was in, favorable for you. And subsequent comments yeah. had said how surprised they were that Dell came and visited their blog, had engaged with them, and they were the ones that then started to say, oh, and by the way, they're Sony batteries. That was not me. Do you think a blogger like Jeff Jarvis or a podcaster and Twitterer like Jay Berkowitz, if something's going wrong for me, am I a more important customer No, from a customer service perspective? No. Nope. But it's just because, you know, I might tweet about it. It gives you the opening to jump in. If I just yeah, call but, customer but, service, but I got, I, you, you I, don't I, find out about it. Yeah, but, I, you know, there are 200 of views on Twitter. And, yeah. and I knew that would be your answer. And, and you know... <laughs> Some of them are moms at home. So, you know, no. In fact, I've been quite vocal in a number of both presentations and, you know, things that I attend. I don't believe very much in the influencer model. There have been blogs that have kind of said, oh, well, you only got help because of who you are. No, that's not true. Whoever reaches out will, if I hear you. Now, there are times that either workload or search means either we're not timely or, B, we miss something. You don't believe um, in the influencer model in which respect? Because I'll give well, you, some, I'll give you some, two, two scenarios. The mom blogger are very has yes, but you know, saying, 10 people read her blog. And Guy Kawasaki, just because I know the number, because he spoke at the keynote right. this morning, has 81,000 followers. Yeah, but you know, it doesn't matter to me whether it's Guy Kawasaki or the mom blogger. They're both there, you know, and that's yeah. what we're all you about. You try and, and resolve their situation. It doesn't, yeah. And you take the same approach. Yeah, there's no solve one problem over another faster or sooner or anything else. Everybody gets equal treatment here. Like I say, sometimes I run two days behind or, you know, get backlogged a bit or sometimes part of the team gets backlogged a bit or sometimes we overlook something because, you know, when you're getting through those search things, as you know, sometimes you make a mistake or you just bypass something. But you don't pick one person over the other. No. Never have, never will. This is another interesting theme that I shared in my presentation today. And sometimes these thoughts kind of solidify in your head, so I'm, I, I haven't <laughs> expressed it that much. There's a really interesting thing happening with Twitter, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, where people are doing crowdsourcing. They're, they're asking their followers. It's old-fashioned word of mouth. Mm-hmm. But instead of going to Google, for example, and saying, which computer should I buy, they'll ask their friends on Twitter. How does that play into your world, and what do you think about that phenomenon? Well, first of all, I think it's a natural phenomenon. I've raised, I spoke in Canada about a year and a half ago, and we, I was at a private dinner. And just to be Richard Delish and provocative a little bit, 
someone said something about, oh, well, you know, we'll do it in Google. And I said, well, you know, eventually Google's going to be replaced by kind of people just asking each other. So and they were like, what? <laughs> so, but no, I think that's, I think there's a natural evolution here. The other thing I will also tell you is that I see some of that in Twitter. Most of the time I ignore it. As, not as gonna, much as you'd like to jump in. Yeah. yeah, but I just figure, you know, we've got other fish to fry, number one. And number two, if someone wants to come to Richard at Dell and say, what computer should I buy, or to any of the other people at Dell, yeah. then I'll embark in a conversation. I'm still not going to make the decision for you. You know, what I'll do is kind of say, well, what are you interested in? I'll point you to what I think might be the best things for you, but then it's up to you. But, no, I've seen conversations like that. You know, I just, I figure, you know what, that's people having conversations with their friends, it's not our place to butt in and say, oh, by the way, let me tell you what you ought to buy. I'm not going there. Any real fun evolutions that are happening over the last few weeks or months that are... You know, I think the aggregation services are really interesting. I haven't... Break it down. It's like a friend feed, yeah. which is the one that I use, and so I, yeah. it's the only one really I can speak to. I'm not looking at other ones right friend now. Friend feed got me in trouble, by the way. Really? Why? I sent out a tweet yeah. on Twitter. I was driving across Alligator Alley, which if you've ever oh. done it, it's very boring. It's straight across right. Florida through the swamp. It's just a you know, two-lane highway right. with a fence <laughs> to keep the alligators from crossing, literally. Right. right. And I sent out a tweet. I said, I've got to drive across Alligator Alley. You know, who's on Twitter? Entertain me. Right. And I didn't realize that friend feed was attached to Facebook. And my wife's friend was following her on Facebook. Right. And so she called my wife and said, what are you doing home alone? <laughs> and she just, you know, connected the dots. Right, right, right. How <laughs> so funny. So friend feed caught me in trouble. But other huh. than that, it's a great service. Uh, yeah, as you know, I mean, we've got some Dell sales arms, you know, where you can track deals or get deals. And, you know, the interesting thing is that's all so permission-based, right? You subscribe, you let go of it when you want. And, and you know, I've done, what, million dollars plus of business on Twitter through those. Dell Outlet yep. has done over a million dollars in business. Yep. So it's twitter.com well, slash Dell Outlet. Right. And following Dell Outlet has what? done over a million dollars and has 84,000 followers. Something I think. like that, yeah. Amazing numbers. Yeah. I haven't quite figured out. I mean, I, there are clear reasons that they work for someone like me. How many different um, things are, are you into? Like but obviously but Twitter and yeah. your blogging and... Mm-hmm. Any audio, video, um, any uh, well, we do stumbling, it, digging. You know how, I, I, how far does you it know? Go? Every once in a while, we'll do. I'll go out and put something on dig and see where it goes. So yeah, we do. You know, we'll, and we keep an eye on that. Facebook, we're doing a lot of stuff. Small business. We got a huge fan base for small business on, on a Facebook, fan page on, yeah. on Facebook and a kind of social media guide for small business customers to use. Oh great! That we built and, and make oh, available congratulations, on Facebook. Yeah. So Facebook we're using a lot. Twitter we use a lot, obviously. We have a Dell channel on YouTube, which we use. We also are bookmarking on Delicious. But that one's more kind of for our own uses, that we put a lot of stuff yeah. on a Dell account so that we can then drop back in when we need links. Great. And we also have an account on Flickr. We upload all our photographs now to Flickr. So photographs of speaking and, and, oh, product. Okay, great. Yeah, oh, awesome. yeah, yeah, product. Awesome. Yep. Oh, that's really sophisticated. Well, that's great. So the final question, what are you using personally? Anything for fun and sort of a two-parter? Who do you follow on Twitter and which blogs do you read? Do you listen to podcasts? 
So first part, any new software, tools, technology you're personally using for fun or productivity. Every day there's something I'm looking at. Do you at. try the newest uh, things as soon as you hear about them? No, not always because yeah. I don't always have the bandwidth to get yeah. to them when I first hear about them. Or I might try something and it doesn't work when I hear about it. And then two months later they've kind of got the kinks yeah. world out. I personally, I love using Twirl. There are others in our organization that prefer TweetDeck. Yeah. So, you know. I didn't try Twirl, but I absolutely um, love TweetDeck. Yeah, TweetDeck. And if, for those of you who haven't gotten there yet, it's kind of the next evolution of Twitter. Yep. And Twirl and TweetDeck allow you to create a special group of people. Any searches you want to follow, create other groups of people you're following, and it allows you to look at multiple windows, essentially, at the same right. time. So you don't have to follow everyone you're following in Twitter. I have one for a select group of folks who are social media people. I have one for some clients who are Twittering because they always want to know if I saw their Twitter. Right. So that's been a really great, right. great tool. I love it. I still rely on my reader. Yeah. And I don't know how many feeds I've got into it, but I still rely on that. My reader gets backed up. Yeah. So you read a lot you of know, blogs. But I read a lot, but I'll run behind. Yeah. But, you know, that's all right because given the long tail, you know, so I resurface someone's blog, yeah, you know, three weeks later, well, up. then all of a sudden they're getting links. And if it's really up. important, someone links yeah, to it but from it's, a um, Who do you follow on Twitter? Who do you who do you? Well, like? you know. You know, when you see that little icon, who do you pay um, extra attention to? I'm not sure that there's anyone I pay extra attention to, you know, yeah. because I've got a real mix of, you know, first of all, if someone follows me, I make an effort to follow them back unless – it's clear spammy spam, and stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah. And if it's uh, best trips around, uh, you know, the world advertisements with, you know, and I look at the tweet yeah. stream and it's uh, two ninety nine for a cruise to, you know, the Caribbean and five ninety nine for a cruise to Hawaii. And yeah. uh, that's not me. Yeah. And you know what? They probably aren't following me because of Dell, you know. But, you know, if you're legitimate, then I make an attempt to follow back because you might be a Dell yeah. customer. And the other part of it is, frankly, so I've got a whole kind of mix. You know, I've got the Scobles of the world from a technology perspective and TechCrunch and Mashable and all those kind of guys. And then I've got people like Grogan and Matt Collier and the social media crew. And then I've got a bunch of customers. I've got mommy bloggers. And, and I've got people I haven't a clue who they are. But, you know, that's the value of Twitter. And it's kind of like it keeps me in touch a bit with reality, too, you know, because isn't that one of the issues about companies is that for us, well, for any company, I think, big company, um, you know, here we sit in Austin. You know, we've got a global customer base. Yeah. And how the hell am I supposed to know what they're talking about? And number two is, you know, I sit in here in a global headquarters. How am I supposed to stay in touch just generally, period? Right? Yeah. Technology trends, what people are talking about, all that kind of stuff. Sure, you can do it through your newspaper or whatever, but this is real time. I often say it's like, you know, opening up the doors and bringing the customers in every day and staying in touch real time. I don't feel like I'm living in a kind of campus environment because most of my time is so externally focused. So I've got a whole kind of mix in my tweet stream, and I value it for all kinds of different reasons, you know? I heard this question today. I'll close with this. I'm going to take one thing away from you tomorrow. I'm going to take Twitter away, or I'm going to take your cell phone away. Which one can't you live without? Twitter. Yeah, Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. can have the cell phone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> take it, I don't get please. That many, yeah, I don't get many cell phone calls, you know? <laughs> you know, when you do get a cell phone call, usually it didn't wait. So. Richard, thank you so much. No, this Jake, has been great. great. It's been awesome to meet you I always like to I always say it's so fun to uh, take online and make it real offline, too. So, exactly, you know, yeah. And this is what this is. 
Well, thanks so much. All right. And I'll let you know when this gets live. Cool. Thank you so much. Well, thanks, Richard. It was awesome to hear how one of the most digitally advanced companies is advancing the art of digital communications. We're calling this Internet Superstars Month on the podcast. And next up is Affiliate Summit co-founder Sean Collins, Lee Hopkins, and Iconic88 from Australia. And we will reveal Iconic88 social media superhero, uh, super secret identity. This guy has over 10,000 followers and will reveal who he is for the first time on our show. So don't make sure you make sure you don't miss these great folks. Uh, subscribe at iTunes or check it out at 10goldenrules.com where you can get a feed. And give us a call. I'd love you to participate and be part of our award-winning community, 206-888-6606. Now, we do this show totally free, but there is one small fee for participating, and I'd love you to um, fulfill your small um, trust obligation, which is the rule of tens. Do us a favor. If you like this show, and if you made it this far, you probably do, um, do us a favor and tell 10 people about the show. If you could, go over to iTunes and write a review. We'd love a five-star rating because uh, that really helps other people find the show. And um, maybe write a blog post. We'd love a link to the show, podcast.10goldenrules.com. So if you like it, um, no no formal obligation, but a, uh, a virtual obligation. Thanks so much. Um, once again, call the co- comment line, 206-888-6606. You don't have to tell us you love the show. Um, just you know, tell us something cool. Tell us something you're using, some new tools or technologies you're using on the Internet. Call anytime. The system will digitize your call, and I'll play it as an MP3. Now, we close every show with a song from the Podsafe Music Network, and I searched for Australian music and found a really, really cool track. The band is called Douglas Fir. The song's called Stereophile. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for listening.
For listening to the 10 Golden Rules of Internet Marketing podcast. Please send comments and questions to podcast at 10goldenrules.com. That's podcast at 10goldenrules.com. Or use our call in line 206 888 6606. This podcast is produced with Cast Blaster.